Act Two, Part Two, of Peg of My Heart, by J. Hartley Manners. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Curtain. Curtain rises. Dance music. Valse mauve. Heard faintly in the distance. Jerry enters through opening right upper. Goes to stairs. Listens. Then goes back to right upper. It's all right. Peg enters. Goes to stairs. Listens. Then comes to Jerry, who has gone to piano and put down his hat. Oh, I'm so happy, so happy. The whole world's gone round in one grand waltz, and it's all been through you, Mr. Jerry. Dances to the distant music. Jerry, upright center. I'm so glad it's been through me, Peg. I don't see why it can't all be like this. Why can't we laugh and dance our way through it all? I wish I could make the world one great ballroom for you. And no creeping back like a thief in the night. No, your own mistress, free to do whatever you wish. Peg, suddenly, with a little elfish laugh. Yet, you know, half the fun tonight has been that while I'm supposed to be sleeping upstairs, I've been at the dance stealing time. Do you know the best of all ways to lengthen your days? No. It's to steal a few hours from the night, my dear. Jerry by piano. Well, you've stolen them. I'm a thief, I am. No, you're the sweetest, dearest. Bends over her, checks himself, goes to piano for hat. I think you'd better go to bed now. I know that, but what were you going to say to me? Something it would be better to say in daylight. But why in the daylight with the beautiful bright moon so high in the heavens? Go now. Someone may hear us. I'll not sleep a wink thinking of all the wonderful things that have happened this night. Must I go? You must. With the music coming in across the lawn. Someone might come. And the moon's so high in the heavens. I don't want to cause you any trouble. That's a grand moon, so it is. Go, Peg. Go. Peg crosses over to left by post. All right, I suppose you do know best, but that's a magnificent moon. Good night, Mr. Jerry. Good night, Peg. Kisses her hand. She gives a little sigh and looks at her hand. Footsteps are heard in the garden. At opening right. Take care. Someone is coming. Goes out. Peg sits on stairs, hiding behind Newell Post. Brent appears outside opening right. Hello, Brent. Why, what in the world? Shh. The house is asleep. So I see. Just coming from the dance? I didn't see you there. No. I was restless and just strolled here jerry takes brent's arm shall we go along to the road together right strolled here why you've got your car car yes it's a bright night for a spin they disappear peg remains in the same position till they're out of hearing then she creeps up the stairs at the top, she starts back, and Ethel appears, fully dressed, carrying a small dressing bag. 
Ethel waits to come down till Peg is nearly at the top of the stairs. Ethel? Ethel, at head of stairs, in guarded tones. Go down into the room. Peg goes downstairs to center, Ethel following her to left, front of table. Peg, right front of table. You won't tell your mother, will you? She'll send me away and I don't want to go away now. I've been to the dance. To the dance? Yes, Mr. Jerry took me. Jerry? Yes, you won't tell your mother, will ye? Back into center. Ethel following. I most certainly shall see that my mother knows it. You will. I will. You had no right to go. Why are you so hard on me, Ethel? Ethel crossing right and upright. Because I detest you. I'm sorry. You've spoiled all my pleasure now, so you have. Starts to stairs and goes slowly up. Stops. Think. Looks at Ethel. Wait a minute. What are you doing yourself with your hat and coat on at this time of night? Coming back left center. Ethel right turning to Peg. Go to your room. Peg left center. Were you going away? Ethel center. Keep your voice down. He was here a minute ago. Jerry took him away. Who was here? Mr. Brent was here. Ethel starts. Peg grips her wrist. Were ye going away with him, were ye? Take your hands off me. Were ye? Answer me. Yes, and I am. Peg turns Ethel round to left center. No, you're not. Let me go. You're not going out of this house tonight if I have to wake everyone in it. Ethel, center front of table. Wake them? They can't stop me. Nothing can stop me now. I'm sick of this living on charity. Sick of meeting you every day. An implied insult in your every tone and look. As much as to say, I'm giving you daily bread. I'm keeping the roof over you. I'm sick of it. And I end it tonight. Let me go or I'll... I'll... Starts. What do you mean, I'm keeping the roof over ye? I'm giving ye your daily bread? What are you raving about? I'm at the end of it tonight. I'm going. Struggles with Peg. And what do you suppose you'd be a-going to? Awaken and sleep in hell, for sure. I'm going. You'd take him from his wife and her baby. He hates them, and I hate this. And I'm going. So you'd break your mother's heart and his wife's just to satisfy your own selfish pleasures? Well, I'm glad I sinned tonight in doing what I wanted to do, since it's given me the chance to save you from doing the most shameful thing a woman ever did. Ethel turns. Will you? You'll stay here if I have to wake up the whole world. Ethel sent her frightenedly. No, no, you mustn't do that. You just told me your own mother couldn't stop ye. She mustn't know. She mustn't know. Let me go. He's waiting. Moves forward. You let him wait. 
he gave his name and his life to a woman, and it's your duty to protect her and the child she brought him. Ethel Center. I'd kill myself first. Peg, right center. Not first. That's what would happen to you after you'd gone with him. He'd lave you in an hour to sorrow alone. Doesn't he want to leave the woman he swore to cherish at the altar of God? What do you suppose he'd do to one he took no oath with at all? You have some sense about this, and I want to tell you it's no compliment the man's paying you either. Faith, he'd have made love to me if I'd let him. Ethel turns to Peg slowly. What? To you? If ye hadn't come in when ye did today, I'd have taught him a lesson he'd have carried to his grave, so I would. Ethel crossing to Peg. He tried to make love to you. Peg right center. A dozen times since I've been in your house, and today he walked toward me with his arms outstretched, saying, Come, let's kiss and be friends, and in you came. Ethel coming forward right. Is this true? On my poor mother's memory that's true, so it is. Oh, the wretch! The wretch! <laughs> Sinks into chair right of table, drops bag. That's what he is, and you'd give your life into his keeping to blacken so that no decent man or woman would ever look at you again. No, that's over. It's over. I hate myself. Oh, how I hate myself. <laughs> Peg, in a moment of pity. Ethel, Hatcher, don't cry. Don't do that. Don't. Don't you know he's not worth it? Don't you know you've got to keep your life and your heart clean till the one man in all the world comes to ye, and then you'll know what real happiness means. Don't cry, dear. Ethel buries her face in her hands to deaden the sobs. Peg beside her, comforting her. Ethel still crying. Well, then cry, and may the salt of your tears wash away the sins of this night and fall like holy water on your soul. And with this sunlight, the thought of all this will go from ye. Come to my room, and I'll sit by your side till morning. Peg helps her up. Ethel, on the verge of fainting, picks up Bag, her body trembling with suppressed sobs, totters. Peg walks her across to staircase left. I don't know at all how you could think of going away with a married man, Ethel. Dear, you'll wake your mother up. Not a sound, not a sound now. We'll talk when we get upstairs. Easy now. Both creep up the stairs. When they're almost to the top, Peg slips and rolls all the way to the bottom, knocking over Bash Jardinier at the top of the stairs, which rolls all the way down. Peg rises, runs across the right corner. Ethel follows her. Peg listens. Holy Mary! What shall we do? What shall we do? Well, that's all I'm going to do, I'll tell you. If that doesn't wake them up, they're sleeping the sleep of the dead. Voices off left. Alaric off left. Hey, Mater, did you hear it too? Mrs. Chichester off left. Oh, 
Alric, a most fearful crash. Oh, what shall we do, Margaret? What shall we do? Give me your hat and coat and sit in that chair. Takes off her cap and cloak and puts on Ethel's hat and coat. I'll do all the talking, though what the devil I'll say, I don't know. Don't you say a word. Your mother mustn't know you were going out of the house with that man. It would break her heart. Where's your bag? Takes bag quickly from Ethel. Door left opens and Jarvis enters. Mrs. Chichester and Alaric coming down the stair with candles. Mrs. Chichester in wrapper, Alaric in dressing gown. It's all right, Major. Don't be frightened. I'm not a bit timid. Thank God you've got a man in the house. Who's there? Alaric moves carefully left, collides with Jarvis, and takes him by the throat. Ah, I've got you? It's only me, sir. Oh, get out of the way, Jarvis. Jarvis exit left. Alaric moves slowly center, flashing his light all over the room. Now then, come out. Where are you? Sees the two girls. Ethel! Margaret! Well, I mean to say, what I want to know is... Switches on lights. Ethel is discovered very white and tear-stained in the chair. Peg standing beside her, wearing Ethel's coat and hat, and carrying her handbag in her right hand. What are you two girls playing at? Mrs. Chichester to Peg. What does this mean? Sure, I was going out, and when I came in, Ethel said to me, Where were you going? I was going out, and when I came in, Ethel said to me, Where were you going? I was going out, I said, and Ethel came in. Why, that's Ethel's cloak. I got her hat on, too, and I've got her bag. Trying to distract Mrs. Chichester's attention from Ethel, who is half-fainting, puts a bag on corner of table. Her bag? Ethel's bag? Opens bag, takes out washed leather bag. Her jewel bag. Jewel bag. Where did you get this? I took them. You took them? Yes, I took them. You were stealing them? No, I wasn't stealing them. I took them. Why did you take them? I wanted to wear them. Mrs. Chichester sent her. Wear them? I've always had an idea I should like to wear Ethel's jewels and her hat and coat. At this time of night? Peg, right center, jumping at the explanation. I went to the dance, I did. Mrs. Chichester left center. What dance? Peg, right center. I went to the dance with Mr. Jerry, and I thought it would be a good chance to wear Ethel's jewels and her hat and coat. So I put on her hat and coat, and I wore her jewels, and I went to the dance, and when I came back I made a noise, and Ethel heard me. She put on some clothes and came downstairs and said, Where have you been? I said, I've been to the dance with Mr. Jerry. She said, You'd better go to bed. And I said, all right, and I started up the stairs, and some noisy thing came all the way down and furnished me. Alaric crosses back of table to arch right. There is someone prowling in the garden. Oh, Alaric. Puts back jewel bag and closes handbag. He's on the path. Ethel rises, but sits again as Peg soothes her. 
Mr. Prent. He's coming here. D don't be frightened, Mater. I I'll deal with him. Ethel straightens up, her eyes distended. Peg grips her hand to quiet her. N now then, what do you want here? Good Lord, Jerry. Music Valsemov begins again, very faint in the distance. Enter Jerry. Jerry comes down right. I saw your lights go up, and I ran back. I guessed something like this had happened. Don't be hard on your niece. The whole thing was entirely my fault. I asked her to go. You took my niece to a dance, in spite of my absolute refusal to allow her to go? He had nothing to do with it at all. I took him to the dance, I did. I took him. Surely Sir Gerald Adair knows better than to take a girl of eighteen to a public hall without the sanction of her relatives. Jerry crosses to center. Peg right. Sir Gerald? To Jerry. So you have a title, have yous? Jerry right center. Yes, Peg. Now I hope you realize what you have done. I am just beginning to realize what I've done, so I am. You've disgraced us all. Peg, fiercely. Have I? I am ashamed of you. Are you? Well, I'm going back to my father, who's never ashamed of me. Everything I do is right, because I do it. I've disgraced you, have I? Well, there's not one of you in this house will tell the truth to me. To Jerry. And I'm going back to my father. Well, go back to your father. Peg starts forward angrily to Mrs. Chichester. I've never been mad about your house. Warning. Ethel, hysterically, rising from chair. No, no, wait, don't go. Mother, we are not treating her fairly. You found her here tonight because, because... <sighs> Faints in chair. General movement. Peg bends over her. She's fainted. Get some water and some smelling salts. Jerry, exit left for water. Alaric runs upstairs. Smelling salts. Mrs. Chichester comes running over to chair. Ethel! Peg hysterically. That's all right. What help can you be to her now that she's fainted, I'd like to know. You don't know how to raise her. You don't know one thought in your daughter's mind. You don't know who she sees or who she goes with. Why don't you try to find out something about your own child once in a while? A lot you know about motherhood. My father knows more about motherhood than any man in the world. First Curtain Jerry comes in left with water, hands it to Mrs. Chichester. Alaric comes downstairs with smelling salts and over to right. Second Curtain End of Act Two